Hey, what is up, editors and recruiters? Search for owners, all you beautiful people. This is David. Stefan Patterson, you may know him as DSP. Welcome to Headhunters Live. Alongside my brother from another mother over here, that is Neil Lubovitz. Uh, or as I like to call him, Neil Lubovitz. And Always. today we are going to be talking about sharpening your skills on the phone. So this is going to be a, a special presentation. Not really a presentation, but we're going to just be having a chat about this. But this is without our our good friend uh, Chris Wessel. He is out for the count. Uh, he's attending an NPA, I believe, NPA conference. So uh, it's going to be Neil and I. So with that said, uh, we are going to get into it here fairly shortly. But real quick, uh, before we do, just make sure if you can hear us live, comment live in the comments below, and also please help the algorithm give us some love. So likes, uh, loves. Whatever you want to, even even angry faces matter, but we, we just want your emotion. It'll help the algorithm. And uh, lastly, if you're watching uh, the replay later, just uh, comment replay so we know who is listening. So that said, we're going to be talking about um, practicing your phone skills as a recruiter. And as you can see, we have a little bit of a Neil. Uh, how'd you like the new the new intro? It, it I felt uh, David son. I feel like Grasshopper from the old Kung Fu movies. But it's very appropriate. I like it. The, the sharpening of the veritable blade, which is our tongue and our mouth and the communication. And mm -hmm. I love it. And I love the whole show because people I hear people misquote that old words don't matter. Right. It's all about emotion, this and that. And words do matter. We talk so much about words. However, it's the words so matter in sales. And what are they? But it's the way that you say it does mm -hmm. matter. Gruency. I love this. And I love congruency. Exactly we'll talk right. about that today. And Chris Wessel, not on the show, yeah. so shout out to Chris. But I feel his energy, David, because he's in this glorious city of Manhattan, New York City right now. That's where the NPA event is. And uh, I've got some meetings today. Afterwards, I'm going to hop on over myself. Uh, they're gracious uh, enough to invite me to their happy hour. So I will meet Chris Wessel for the first time. I'm going to feel very unattractive standing next to him physically. Yeah. And it's upgraded my relative looks on the show. I think I'm head to head with most handsome on the show now, David. Depends what look they're going for. You and I appeal to a very different audience. That said, your show. You've got the, 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 uh, I guess, Steve Jobs turtleneck sort of look. Actually, no, you look like an intellect. You look like a really cool intellectual. So you look, you look like someone who, 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 who knows the ins and outs of things like, Marxism, and you know, like you, know, you look like a, like an intellectual sort of fella. That's I love look that. Like. I know nothing. I know very little. <laughs> I was told Stanley Tucci, but I should have had this background and this outfit for the Steve Finkel show. And I was in my parents' house, and I didn't have yeah. a backpack. So hey, the show must go on, David. The show must go on. The show must go on. All right. Well, let, let's do it. So let's talk about uh, crafting and honing your your uh, skills to a razor's edge. So I sent an email about this last night to uh, uh, to my email list about how to practice like a samurai. It's actually based off an article I wrote back in 2019. And um, uh, and I was wondering what to write about yesterday. And I uh, said, hey, no, let, me, let me put this email out. And then it uh, led to Neil and I saying, hey, we should do a show about this um, because we don't have a guest this week. For we do a, a quick training show, and this is something that most people don't talk about. Uh, people in in our in our trainers talk about things like uh, you know scripts uh, and all that, uh, and and uh, but at the end of the day, scripts don't really 
do you any good unless you're good with the script and you don't get good with the script unless you actually practice the script. Uh, and so I want to walk, uh, walk you guys through my, the way I like to approach training, uh, uh, you know, scripting, uh, or sorry, training with your scripts, practicing with a role play buddy. Um, but before I do that though, Neil, let me ask you, cause you know, you've been in the, on the training circuit for a long time. Um, yeah. how do, um, how did you always approach it? Uh, training? Because uh, again, you know, you can have the best script in the world, as you know, but if you're not good at it, it, it doesn't matter. Right. So, um, walk us through some things that you used to, uh, used to do to help well, uh, yeah. these folks so get better. Foremost, it was what you said, okay? It was about the delivery of the words, not the words. The words we work on, I don't can memorize. The scripts don't work because the delivery sounds like a script. And what does that mean? I, and I'll just preface this because it applies to everything. It was that study I referred to earlier. It was a 1973 study at UCLA by Dr. Albert Morovian. We broke out communication. And that's the famous one. They said words only matter like 7% or right. The, the other 90% or 80%, maybe it was 17. The other 80 some odd percent, 90% were on two components of communication, right? It was the tonality, right? Right. So, mm -hmm. so it was your, your tone that you had and was your, your emotions, all that, everything but words were 80%. How you say it, right? Your diction, your emotion is everything on it, right? That's, and it, when it's incongruent, it doesn't work. So, words do matter. But when you say, yeah, babe, I love you, I love you, it's very different than I love you, right? The way you say it when you were discussing, so anyway, with that said, David, bring it up. So how did I train? Oh, let me answer that. We would train on getting on the phone and I would train on bullets, not scripts. Mm -hmm. And you would just have to role play. I, in the old day, record it. We have so much technology now. Record it, listen to it, and analyze how you sound. And then you have to do it on your own. Go ahead, David. You, you've nailed it in a program. So uh, we follow your lead. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. So, so let's talk about that. And um, I'll walk through, through my training structure here in a moment. But one thing I do want to mention here about scripts, and this isn't really necessarily going to be a, a show about scripts but or, or how to handle objections. But um, I like to – I always like to look at uh, scripting and cold calls and handling objections much like you're in a, a fight or you're or in a sparring match, let's say, for example. You know, you can you can be in the dojo and learn all the, the katas and the complicated – uh, movements and the complicated rebuttals that sound great, right? You, you, you sign up for Danny Cahill training. He's got some of the best rebuttals in the business some of the best one-liners you memorize them, but you don't actually use them in the heat of the battle because as Mike Tyson always said, Oh, everybody always says it has a plan. So they get punched in the face. Uh, and so we're actually punched in the face on a call, which happens often just before the pressure of the call. Cause you're not used to it. All this go out the window. So I'm always a big fan of, of simplifying your rebuttal scripts and keeping things very, very simple. And usually and actually, um, uh, 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 using less of a technique-oriented basis to to rebuttals. Meaning, for example, they say this, you say that, you they say this, you say that. Because typically, in the actual conversation, you're not going to um, uh, usually have the wherewithal um, to use that full script. So, usually, when it comes to objections, I like to uh, think about the kind of like the like 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 I'm a boxer, and I'm I'm uh, yes. Uh, Someone throws a, 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 a jab or a cross and you, and you slip it and you come in. Uh, you don't need to do these fancy blocks and katas or whatnot. You just need to slip it and come in. And you only need to really learn a few different ways to get past an objection. For example, you know, uh, we, uh, you, you catch somebody live. We don't have any needs right now. No needs, right? Oh, oh, didn't think you did. But anyway, and then, and, then go, and, then, and then go again, right? So I think a lot of it comes down to 
keeping things simplified. And again, I'm not going to get into rebuttals here, but I just want to keep things just in general, realize that when it comes to scripting, keep things really, really simple initially. Um, anyway, a little rant about and David, you know, and I want to add this too, because I yeah. learned, you said you train people. I learned by the school of hard knocks because I'm an East coaster. Mm -hmm. I speak very quickly, much faster than I speak on this show. I speak fast, especially when I'm anime. I'm a New Yorker, New Jerseyer. And, you know, I said, um, communication is three things. It's, it's the words, it's body language and your tone. And on the phone, you only have tone. So for me, and I remember when I studied objection handling, you have this in all your thing. It's all about, like you said, breaking it up. For me, I had to slow it down. That's the first thing you see in so many courses on objection handling and negotiation. Slow it down. Pace mm -hmm. is critical that you do what you're doing and you break it up, whatever your methods that you're going to talk about, you have to slow it down because A, it gives you much more chance to think about your whole plan too. And when people talk quickly, it's disarming to people. They, it's arming rather. It's not disarming. It's, 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 they put their wall up. They, when people lie, they speed up their words. So your instinct is when you're talking, when you get nervous, you talk faster. So mm -hmm. that's all of that. What I'm saying fits in. I'll go ahead, David. Yeah, and I, I talk fast. Well, that's my, my normally I speak I speak fairly fast. You all know that, uh, and I always have to to work on that. But yeah, it's, it's something to consider. Uh, tone of voice uh, is important. Speed is also important uh, as well. Um, but let's talk about scripts. And there's there's really think about think about your script in a lot of ways, like the katana blade, right? Of 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 the samurai, right? It's the instrument that you use. Um, and of course your skill in wielding the instrument is, is your skill in the blade or your skill in the script, right? So there's, there's really two different things. Um, but in addition, you also have a couple different scripts. So I'm going to talk about, uh, two in particular, one's going to be the cold call script, or if you get somebody live on a cold call, for example, right? Uh, and the second one, which a lot of people don't talk about is, uh, the sales script, right? When someone actually has a position open uh, that you, or, or you land a sales menu with a client. And, and those are two different things because you catch somebody live on a cold call. Typically they're not prepared to give you the job order right then there off the bat. What happens when you pick up a phone call and realize it's a telemarketer, which is kind of, which is really what you are. Let's be real. You, you talk to a telemarketer and maybe that telemarketer has something uh, valuable for you, but do you have 30 minutes in the middle of your busy work day to say, oh, let me drop everything and talk to you right now? No, you typically don't. And so, so what you want to be thinking about is if you, if you're cold calling, right. Uh, and you catch someone live, your goal is to, is to break past your defensive barriers and peak enough interest to, if, if there is a need there uh, to peak enough interest to actually get a full meeting. Right, where uh, where you where you can schedule the meeting, where you can come in, you set the agenda, find out what their pain points are, find out what 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 needs they have, if any, and start building that relationship. And those are two different things, right? And so, so let's talk about uh, talk about that. So you're gonna need a a cold call script, whatever the cold call script happens to be, um, and a cold call the cold call script is designed to a again pattern interrupt. So you think about what is your your intro. How do you open? How do you get past their defensive barrier? Um, how do you peak enough interest? How do you um, uh, how do you maybe ask some questions to determine if they will be a good fit for you or not? And from there, how do you baby step it to a an actual sales call? Uh, so, and David, I just want to interrupt because I won't get back to it. The I used to teach mm -hmm. the AIDA. I was taught AIDA: attention, interest, desire, action. What you're talking about mm -hmm. whatever you're.
Neil, You're, you froze on me. Oh, there you go. I said, repeat that again. You froze on me. Aida, right? Did you hear that whole thing? It's, it's, I used to teach that. It's attention, interest, desire, action. And that's exactly what you're talking about. The attention and the in interest is not a Davidism. It's not DSPness. It's not a Neilness. Okay. I, I had to throw in DSPness in there, by the way, or Neilness, you know, and, uh, and that's critical. That's what you're talking about. And you have to do that pattern, drop all the methods that you're about to go into. Don't ever ignore it. Lefkowitz talked about, hey, let me, hey, you don't know me, but I don't care what you do. And you'll talk about, oh, you care. I know that. I'm just saying, get their attention and interest before you try to do this desire and action and close. Go ahead, David. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so when it comes to you developing your script, let's talk about forging the blade, all right? Let's talk, let's start there. And let's let's put aside the sales script for a second. That could be a, a whole other uh, uh, show. But let's actually specifically talk about the cold call script. We'll start there. And if we have time, we'll talk about the sales call script. Uh, so cold call script. So, um, if what you need to do uh, to develop a, a good cold call script, you can't just go with a typical template you get from a trainer, whether it be from me or anybody else. You have to create your own. And what you need to do in order to do that is find the best material you can create that, or that you can craft that script out of, right? So uh, what you want to do is you want to start talking to leaders in your market. So talk to decision makers, hiring managers, the people that you want to um, uh, work with. Now, it's important that uh, in these conversations, you want to try to find out what their pain points are. In fact, I would make it actually a goal every single time you talk to a hiring manager, every single time, uh, try to not leave the conversation without finding out what pain points they have with recruiters or with talent or with hiring or whatever that is. Because the thing that piques interest in any script is pain pain-based messaging. Um, there's an old saying that if you can describe someone's pain better than they can, uh, they're going to assume that you can fix their problem, right? Or at least they're going to go, uh, or, or at least they'll give you the benefit of the doubt, right? So it's really important to really understand exactly what their pain points are. And their pain points aren't typically things like, I can't hire fast enough. Um, if you are a sales recruiter, those pain points are going to be, especially in this market, things like, uh, long sales cycles, uh, margins are thinning, uh, quote, uh, uh, it's getting harder, harder to meet, meet quota. It's, it's actually, they're eroding market share. Competitors are poaching their best people, right? They're hunters because hunters are even more important during a recession, uh, than in a great economy where, where you can, uh, hit quota that even, uh, despite other mistakes that you make. Right. So, so the need for hunters, those are actual pain points that sales leaders are going through right now. And if you roll up talking about how, uh, their pain points are not being able to hire fast enough. Well, yeah, I guess, but everybody says that. Right. But as a recruit, if you're a sales leader and a recruiter is talking about things like sales margins, sales cycles, uh, market share, things that you're actually concerned about and you're having meetings about with your own senior leadership. Okay. Now you, you, that recruiter is now talking your language. You're going to pay more attention to them. So it's really important that when you're creating your script, um, don't use good material. Right. And that means talking to your market and always looking for really good pain points. Um, the example I like to use quite often uh, is, let's say, in the SAP space. So for those who don't know, uh, SAP is a large-scale ERP system. That, that used to be my, my niche when I was recruiting full-time. And I would reach out to SAP leadership. So these are basically uh, maybe it's a director level. They were in charge of an SAP uh, group at a company. And um, in, the, in these SAP groups, they're 
usually for most companies that are growing, they're implementing uh, new processes. They're, 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 they're deploying SAP, maybe different countries. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of project work. And so typically for these, these director level uh, uh, projects that I reach out to, uh, I'd say something to the effect of, and I work with SAP leaders who are frustrated when they can't hire talent, niche talent directly on the streets. And so they've got to go back to the Accentures and Deloitte's of the world and overpay for junior consultants who they end up having to train on their own dime. Now, most people on this listening to this have no idea what I'm talking about, but to an SAP director who is looking for a hybris architect, right? So it's a very niche skill set, hybris architect. Nobody wants to work full-time because there's better money in contracting. So they can't hire somebody full-time from the streets. So their company has an agreement with Accenture or Deloitte or Ernst & Young or one of the other big implementers, and they have to go and use Accenture and pay $300 an hour for what ends up being a junior consultant that Accenture places there and is training on the job. And so you see how by me saying that, right, uh, and, and after explaining how uh, what that means to an SAP director, by me saying that, I'm indicating that I know what I'm talking about. I'm actually a real specialist in the industry. I understand exactly what their issue is, uh, and I understand their pain, right? Uh, as opposed to can't hire talent fast enough or can't find the right talent, right? Big difference. Um, and the recruiting side of things, if I were to say to any of these people watching right now, you know the feeling that you get when you – uh, uh, when you, when you clock out for the day and you're driving home and you're, you've got the feeling in the pit of your stomach where to, where you think about today might be the day where your wife or your husband sits down at the dinner table and says, honey, maybe it's about time you found a real job. When I say that the people who are independent recruiters get what I'm talking about because they've experienced that feeling so many times I'm indicating that I understand. Right? So, so, so. The first thing you need to do to create a good script is get little gold nuggets like that. The SAP one, I got that from a, a client years ago, and I used it for a long time, and it was really effective. So, so the key is whenever you're talking to prospects, hiring managers, clients, or your people are, if you if you hire the recruiters, um, uh, make sure you're asking every single time you talk talk to prospects clients etc ask them what their pain points are ask them what keeps them up on night uh ask them what they're worried about on sunday night going into monday the next day right ask them what's keeping them from their goals what are their goals right and and the more you can do that you'll find these little nuggets that you'll see that you'll hear and you, you think oh that's good i'm gonna use that in my script and roll that into your script and practice it so it's really really key find right good well finkel was talking about that david finkel was talking about that <coughs> That uh, finding that motivation and people either are running to something or they're running away from something, right? And he talked about that specifically. And Lefkowitz in his Morgan Method talks about stirring the wound. It's all the same thing. It's getting that desire. What well, you're talking about, finding that. And generally speaking, people react more to running away from something bad, a pain point, as David said, than gaining something good it's human nature right so keep that in mind and that fits all together exactly and and, and what you want to do is as well as is when you when you're talking to these folks think about what words or phrases do you hear the prospects say over and over again right uh that's one what stories do they use to 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 complain about their pain points do these any metaphors use any uh, analogies um are there certain phrases or words so notice that 
when I say um, on the SAP side, you're uh, beholden to the Accentures and Deloitte's of the world who, uh, and you have to overpay for junior consultants that are training on your own dime. To anybody else, it sounds like gobbledygook. To an SAP director, they say, oh, oh yeah, I get that. I, I'm frustrated with that because that happens to me all the time, right? Uh, and I'm pissed off about it. And so what phrases do they use that are super that, that are super specific that when you use them, it indicates that you actually know what you're talking about. Um, so on that note, so once you do that, once you develop a, a decent script, now you want to go out and test it in the market. And so before you go out and test it in the market, though, uh, you also want to hone your skills in the dojo. So let's talk about how we can do that. So um, there are, are really two types of training. Um, and I, I can't pronounce the, um, the Japanese names for them, so I'll, 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 do, I'll, I'll, I'll use the American football analogy in this case. Think about scrimmaging. And think about us. Uh, uh, hey, you got to uh, attempt the name. Attempt, attempt it. Attempt it. Oh, attempt it. It's. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if I can try. Okay, so well, it's, it's uh, uh, Kakari Geico, uh, which is the skill training. And then you have G Geico, which is the like the freestyle wizard. training, right? So cool. it's, yeah, G Geico or Kakari Geico. Basically, so in that, but in essence, think about scrimmaging and think about skill work. So think about so so think about a football team, right? Uh, so you've got the quarterback position. In the quarterback position, you're doing lots of skill work, meaning you're practicing throwing a ball over and over and over and over and over again. You want to get that built into your muscle memory, right? And then and then maybe another day you're doing a different type of skill work. Okay, let me practice the 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 what's it called the where they put the, I, I'm not a big lateral, football guy. I don't lateral, watch football. The handoff, the lateral, whatever. Yeah, the handoff, lateral, you know, that those kind, those sorts of things, right? Um, so that's skill work, which is really, really important, right? Um, but there's also uh, scrimmaging. And that means, okay, we're, we're, we'll, we'll play against the practice squad because I want to throw some randomness into the situation. You know, uh, as a quarterback, you need to be comfortable in the pocket. So when the, your po the pocket is collapsing, uh, you've got some 350 pound lineman you know making a bead for you you still have to keep your eye on the receiver down at the at the at the end of the field and hit your mark regardless of what's going on down here and that takes a lot of practice you have to be able to and just doing skill work is not going to get you that sort of presence you need to do scrimmaging which means throwing randomness in there so how can you actually translate that into into what we do well take your script and you'll need a role play buddy for this and consider this the the dojo if you will um and uh what you're gonna do is you're gonna do make sure you schedule two types of training uh work with your your role play buddy and technically you don't have to do school work with a role play buddy you could do this in, in the mirror um in fact uh one great thing you want to do with scripts by the way is um uh if you want to memorize a script write it by hand several times and you'll memorize it. Uh, repeat it in front of the mirror. Try to remember tonality, make it sound natural, maybe throw some ums and ahs in there to make it sound like you're thinking of it in the moment. Um, or with a, uh, uh, a role play buddy, uh, run through your script, run through your entire script, have, have him or her just listen to it and have them judge it. Does it sound natural? Does it sound canned? Does it sound like I'm reading? Um, a lot of people, a lot of people will tell you, especially veterans will, will tell you, I don't need a script. I hear it all the time. I can tell you 100% you're, they're wrong. They are all wrong. You you need a script. Um, look at, because people will say scripts sound too, 
you can. Well, when you watch a movie, right? When I when I watch um, any any movie, I, 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 actually, when I watch a play, when I go see Hamlet, the guy playing Hamlet, he's right. He's reading off a script. He memorized it. It sound it's he has to, but he sounds natural, does he not? So script doesn't mean you sound unnatural. In fact, all script does is it helps you stay on track, right? Because I've sound, I've listened to people who who say they don't need scripts on calls, on call recordings, and they sound like shit, right? They're just really good at winging it, but they're they're still not that great. Use a script and work with your buddy and just role play with each other. So just listen to their to to how they. Uh, how they read the script again to this. Okay, if you don't like the word script, yeah. your analogy, it would be like a quarterback saying, I don't need a playbook. Nah, I'm good. I got it. You know, it's exactly. So it's a playbook. Mm -hmm. It's a script, it, whatever. Right. It's your point. Of course you need us. You need to have at least, what are you going to say? You could be more of a Larry David, you know, your five points are getting across. The show is going to be awesome. But you gotta mm -hmm. have you gotta have a plan to what you're saying, and I agree with you. The people that say I don't need it, or those that have never done it in the mirror and recorded yourself with all the technology. When I when there was no technology, I recorded myself on my thing. I did in the mirror. David did. I, a lot of you haven't, right? So yeah, I totally agree with you, David. I love the analogy. I like the quarterback one too, and I like that. The visual, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, and in fact, no, I'll tell you what. And a script will sound weird, but at the end of the day, so is riding a bike when you first try it. Riding a bike is, mm -hmm. is extremely unnatural. And eventually, it becomes an extension of your body. Um, when people say scripts are unnatural, it's because they've never practiced it. Um, if, if you read the script for if you read the script for Hamlet, it sounds unnatural until you practice it. And then you make it sound natural through your tonality and through your performance. So a lot of ways for actors. Now, so with that, so that, so that's... Your skill work, but that also is not just on your opener. Uh, practice rebuttals, right? So, for example, objection. Let me hear a rebuttal. Say objection again. Let me hear a rebuttal. Objection, rebuttal, objection, rebuttal. All right, and ask the person listen, listen to your rebuttal. They're judging you on. Does it sound natural? Uh, it doesn't sound forced. Does it sound like in the moment, etc. Right. So it's not just your normal script. It's also rebuttals or how you react to rebuttals. Um, that skill work, right? Really, really easy. But uh, where this really shines, though, is in the in the actual scrimmaging, right? This is the the, the G Gecko or Geico. Uh, this is where you work with a buddy, uh, battle buddy, if you want to call it, uh, or a role play buddy, and you uh, you go in, and there's a little bit of randomness involved. So you're on a cold call. This person, best to do it by the way, match the environment. So don't do this live. Uh, cold call your buddy, right? cold call them so they don't see your face and just act like it's a, a cold call and cold call them. And you don't know how they're going to react. It could be a lay down. Uh, it could be a super easy call. They could curse you out. It could be something in the middle. You want some randomness in there. You want to get used to being able to think on your feet. And the best time to do this, in my opinion, is actually to do this at the beginning of the day. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, I need to warm up my mouth whenever I first start talking in the morning. If I have a Zoom call uh, in the morning, first thing, I'm a bit choppy. I'm not super. I'm not super smooth, and so I need to talk a lot during the day. And eventually, I get smoother and smoother and smoother. And so, if that's you, and I think it's for most people, uh, then when you get in the morning, grab your buddy, spend a half hour role playing back and forth, doing scrimmaging. And I guarantee you after 30 minutes of scrimmaging with your role play buddy back and forth, um, you're going to kill it on the phones. 
but you got to warm up your mouth and get practicing, right? So the more you practice, uh, and again, scrimmage like that and keep it random, the better. Uh, and even better is you can get a third party involved to actually monitor. So maybe record the call, have them listen in. And then after you're scrimmaging, have them give you, have, have a, that independent third party uh, break down the call for you as well. So scrimmaging is really, really important. So, uh, well, and David, that, it reminds me of, of how important, because what you're saying is, you know, in the practice and the practice, mm -hmm. uh, the best way I was taught of the way human beings learn is four steps impact, which is the content, the material, the learning. I love the how to ride a bike analogy. I really do. The impact is keep your balance straight ahead. Do this. Like, I'm going to let go. Right. That's the impact. The next step is utilization. Then it's repetition. You got to use it and then you have to repeat it. That's the key step. Tom Hopkins, world famous trainer, uh, Finkel alluded to him also. Uh, repetition is the mother of all learning, right? You got to repeat it. And then what happens as human beings is what David talked about. The final stage is internalization. That's when you don't think about it, driving a stick, you name it, skiing, whatever, anything. So you take these things that David's talking about and you have your plan. You have you have to scrimmage. You have to mm -hmm. role play. You have to repeat until you internalize it. Then you move on. So you pick your battlefield. You pick your battle. Go ahead, David. I just wanted to interject because that's exactly I love mm -hmm. your analogy. Hundred percent. And again, and it's really key when you do these. Uh, throw some randomness in there. You want some good calls. You want easy calls. You do, you you don't want to always have hard calls. You want to again. You want to get used to the randomness of it. Have your role play buddy again. Throw some hard calls in there. Some easy calls in there. And again, you want that. The key is that randomness. You need to be able to think on your feet. Um, and, and this, in a lot of ways, goes like think. Of, here's one more analogy. And uh, social interactions. I'm uh, like Neil. You probably have a handful of stories that you know, if you don't know what to talk about, you've got these stories that you can pull back up that you've told a million times with your friends. You know where they're going to laugh. You can literally tell your story. And as you're midway through, you're like, and laugh here. And they laugh. I literally and say, laugh 152. Uh, that's my friends. I go, mm -hmm. 152. And they'll crack up laughing. It saves us so <laughs> much time. They'll come back with 75. <laughs> yeah. One of our friends, one of my friend's friends came in and he came to us and he said, mm -hmm. 152. And no one laughed. And he's like, what's up? I thought that was a joke. I'm like, it's your delivery. Sorry, that's my grandpa's <laughs> joke, the last part. Go ahead, David. It is. Yeah. And so, and, and, and very true. So you have these stories, you have these, these anecdotes that, that are yours, that you've mastered, that you told a million times. And guess what? Those anecdotes are scripts. They're basically just scripts that you've memorized. Right. Uh, you don't seem exactly the same every time, but again, you know where the high points are, you know the low points are, you know where, where they're going to laugh. I've got my own. Uh, uh, Neil's got his own. We all do. And um, and and this really is 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 um, highlighted when you're dating. Right. When you go on a first date, what do you do? You're there to impress. You got your best stories. You get you, you, you talk about things that put you in the best light. Maybe show a little bit of humility as well. You got you got certain jokes that you tell that you know get a good laugh because you're trying to make that great first impression. Right. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. I remember when I was footloose and fancy free, uh, swinging bachelor on the town, looking for all the love in all the wrong places, all that kind of jazz. And I remember I had certain, certain, not, not pickup lines, but I had certain lines or stories or anecdotes or jokes that I would use when I would talk to somebody, let's say in a bar or a club or just out at a, 
coffee shop or whatever. That's how I learned to get over my social anxiety, by the way, I start talking to people you know, just in public randomly. And what I found was that um, I, I had certain things I said just that consistently just either opened well or they got a great response uh, or got a laugh, et cetera. So, so, it, so think about scripts in that way. So, so let's say, okay, now we want to take the script out and market it because just because your buddy sound, your buddy tells you the script sounds great just because you think your script sounds great. Just because your manager says the script sounds great. Just because me, the trainer or Neil, the trainer says, Hey, your script sounds great. Your script still may suck. It's all about okay, getting that out into market uh, because you get into the market. You know, there's a few different variables in there. Maybe it's the people you talk to. Maybe you got a great script, a great delivery, but the people you or you spoke with that day suck. Maybe he's, he's an a-hole. Right, maybe his his wife filed divorce papers that day. Doesn't matter how good script was, right? Um, so there's the, the the person's reaction and their and and their emotional uh, their their subjective emotional state that affects right how the how the uh, uh, how the cold call goes. But there's also the script, right? Your script may suck. It may be great. It's a very we don't level know yet. of the prospect that they're calling to last week's mm -hmm. Finkel show. You get to talk to the wrong yeah. people to begin with, and you're that variable, right? Go ahead. And sure, yeah, maybe calling the wrong people and is their emotional state. Yeah, calling the wrong people, yeah. give you the script. But there's also your performance because if you have a great script but a shitty performance, okay, and then then you say, well, the script doesn't work. Well, no, maybe your performance didn't work, right? And so there's all these variables you gotta you have to keep in mind. So the best way to really test this stuff out is this. First, I'll think about what do we want to test. So um, if you're if you're testing, let's say a cold call script. And maybe you have a voicemail script. So, for example, you call, you get a voicemail, leave the voicemail, and you're trying to get a call back on that. And then you also have a live script that they happen to pick up live. Well, I know for me, and everybody may have a different number, but for me, my live connect rate has historically has been about 3%. So if I make 100 calls, on average, I'm getting three live. Now, it may not go anywhere. It may be a two-minute call, but I'm getting three live and about 97 uh, voicemails. And that was, again, for my industry, others are probably different. So, so now we know if I make a hundred calls that day, um, I have a hundred voice, I have 97 voicemails I can analyze and three live calls. So, um, those given the fact that somebody's emotional state can vary a call with no fault of yours, no fault of the script, no fault through, uh, and, and no fault of your skill set, right? They may just be having a bad day or they're the wrong person. Know that your three live calls, you're probably not going to have a lot of data, right? Um, if I happen to talk to somebody and they're in a bad mood and they shut me down, does it mean my script is bad? I don't know that, right? And so I need a lot more data. There's a thing called regression to the mean. Uh, if you look at, let's say, roulette, right? Actually, let's let's just keep it simple. Let's call it let's call it flipping a quarter, flipping a coin, heads tails. We all know if you flip a thousand times we'll get about 50% heads, 50% tails. So 500 heads, 500 tails. But if I flip it twice, am I going to get one heads, one tails? No, I make it two heads, make it two tails. And if I do that and say, well, looks like this coin is defective. It's, it's tails 100% of the time. Not only flip it twice, I need to flip it a lot more times to get the, the, the it'll, it'll average, it's called a regression to the mean. And so you need a lot of data. So on voicemails, I can take 
100, I, I can leave 100 voicemails relatively easily and then deduce from how many callbacks I'm getting over the next few days, see what's effective, what's not. But on a live cold call script, however, you need, you're not going to get as much data. So think about how many data points you need to actually assess this. So for example, um, you may need a few hundred voicemails because it's easy to get a few hundred voicemails. Are you going to get a few hundred live cold calls? Probably not anytime soon because hardly anybody picks up anymore. So you may be only able to make 20 live calls and make an assessment off that or 50 or 100. So keep that in mind. Usually the, the, the more instances of, a, of a, an action or of a scenario um, uh, than the, or the, the less instances of a scenario, then the less data you're going to well, – um, if, if a scenario is rare – then don't expect, don't try to only make an assessment after say 100 cold calls or 100 live calls because you're not. It's going to take a long time to get there, right? And so it's really important that you understand that, uh, for example, voicemails maybe say may, maybe leave 200 voicemails, make an assessment off that, but maybe for live calls, they would do 30 and make an assessment off that. Yes, that said, that said, if you keep throwing interceptions, you keep fumbling, you keep falling mm -hmm. on your butt. You could still assess and be a little critical. Assume the mm -hmm. worst, okay? I think that's the thing. Assume you're doing something wrong is kind of always my stance. But I agree with you, everything you're saying, with a little temperament, okay? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, think about it like this. I mean, you're not going to run the same script every single time exactly. You're going to have differences in your tonality. One call, you stumble a bit. The other call, you, you do well. And so also realize that your first few calls are going to suck anyway. Get them out of the way. Get a decent amount of data, maybe 20, 30, 40 calls. And then, and then from there, take your script and make an assessment. Um, where did the conversation end? How many appointments did you get off that live call, right? Did you baby step it into a, a, an actual conversation? What objections did you get? Uh, did you see patterns emerging, right? Do you, uh, does the call end at a certain point, right? Uh, does it end right after the opener? Does it end when I start asking questions? So start thinking about where does things end? Where do things end? So in a, in a live cold call script, for example, at least the way I like to train it, you have your opener, which is usually some sort of pattern interrupt. Uh, the one I like to use is, I like to just say this is a cold call. Hey, Bob, David here, this is a cold call. I like to yeah. use it because it opened really, really well for me. Um, and then from there, can I get about 30 seconds? I'll tell you exactly why I'm calling, and then you can tell me if it makes sense to continue. Is that fair? And it opens really, really well. So that's your intro opener. Now, once I get permission to do my pitch, and I've got my pitch, right? And you usually want to keep that fairly short. And after that, you've got maybe some questioning. Right. That, you know, asking if that resonates with them, uh, then asking them, what about this? Do you have any needs? What about that? Asking the questions about their current situation. Right. And then you have the ending, you have the transition or the call to action. So let's set up a call. So you've got these different sections and try to find out there's a call and in my opener is a call ending to my pitch is a call ending when I'm asking my questions. Am I not getting the appointment at the end of, you know, it feels like it went well so far. So find out where the calls are ending. And that's when you can start actually assessing where in the script you need help at and from those areas make adjustments so for example the pain points are really hitting then go back and adjust and try new pain points as you talk to more leaders and so and once you do that then again once you have your script version two go back to your buddy role play some more get it to where it sounds fairly natural and then go back at into the market again and make 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 more calls and assess those and do that over and over and over. And what's going to happen is you will generate business with those calls because they're not just going to waste.
what will happen is because you're taking this sort of iterative process in your skill development, not only is your katana blade, your script is getting honed in and honed in and honed in, but you're also getting better wielding it. You're also going to get better at assessing it and you're going to get better at determining like where you need to make adjustments. Right. Uh, and so it's not easy. And that's the thing. Everybody's looking for a quick, easy fix. Uh, I think that over the last few years, people have made placements in this business despite all the mistakes they make and despite all the skips they step and despite not practicing because the market was hot. If the market's not hot, then it's really important that you get really good really fast. And just like working out, it's not easy. You got to shed, if you want to shed the weight, you got to sweat your ass off. Well, now's the time to start sweating your ass off a little bit because the people who do and the people who get good at this and get good quick, um, they're going to make a mint during this recession. The ones who don't might and get forced out. Yeah. And, and uh, I love, you know, again, I love how you disarm people, a cold call. Bottom line is your impact, that disarming is critical. My advice is hit them straight on on your scripts, okay? Mm -hmm. The reason I'm calling, it's cold call. Hey, listen, the reason I'm calling you is I understand you have an opening for X and you're using my competitor, blah, blah. Go for it. Head on, one. Mm -hmm. Point number two, disarm them by predetermining the objection that you've learned that you hear over and over again. Give it to them first, okay? And so I would disarm with what David said. Hey, this is a cold call. Hey, listen, this is a cold call. I understand you have a blah, blah, blah. Okay, obviously you're going to go for that opening later. He could figure that out. I'm sure you're not looking to take on any other recruiters right now. You're probably, you might be happy with them, but listen, here's what I want, whatever. Say, disarm it. You might not have openings right now. I'm sure you might have an approved list. Whatever you think you're going to get, throw it. Anthony Robbins calls that killing the monster while it's tiny. You throw out the objection, disarm them mm. in the cold call. Like what David said, that's how, hit them straight on, disarm them. You have to. And that's the best mm. way to get attention and that interest. And then it, everything David's been saying. Okay, David. Exactly right. Yeah, it is. And so, and, and one thing I want to, want to bring it back to is again, back to, um, the, the, the numbers and data, right? Uh, and I, I got kind of tongue tied a few minutes ago and I wasn't able to explain it really well. So let me, let me re reiterate it again. Uh, so if I'm testing an email, like an initial email to my prospect to see what opens up, uh, what, what gets the best open rates, gets reply rates and what, what sets the, and also what sets the best appointments. Um, I can easily test a thousand of those. If I'm testing my voicemail, it might be more appropriate to test maybe a hundred. 200 not because again it takes it takes a lot more energy to leave that many many voicemails live cold calls maybe 40 50 let's say but for a sales call you get an appointment because you want to practice that script too you might want to do the assessment at 10 calls or 20 calls because you're not going to get that many of them right and so keep in mind the more energy it takes to get that right to do that thing uh then the less data that you're going to need to get in order to actually make that assessment could be great to assess it off of a thousand sales calls but in reality, it'll take you a long time to get there. Better to assess it off, off of maybe 10 or 20. While those easy things you can do, like email, for example, you can make an assessment off of 1,000 pretty easily and actually get more accurate data. Right? So keep that, keep that in mind. Uh, really, really important. Um, so, yeah, David, question for you. Question yeah. for you. While mm -hmm. I'm sipping on my back office staffing solutions, refreshing swag, where your back office needs are met for any back office employer of record, 
anything you need for real. You could find me where, David? And the reason uh, I want to ask, I'm, uh, my question for you is, uh, and I'm, because I don't know the answer, so this isn't a setup, but this mm -hmm. is great stuff. It was your idea for the ninja and whatever. Where in any of your programs, and what's the best program for someone that's really looking to hone this that you have? Like, go ahead, let's do your plug, bro, because I know it's awkward when you're leading a session like this. It's all about it, but I don't know. <laughs> but plug away. Yeah, actually, yeah, so. So a couple of things you can do. So I would say, first off, we have a done-for-you uh, 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 service. So if anybody needs a sales and marketing system deployed in their practice, go to realdsp.me forward slash build. Um, but specifically, though, for, for you, Neil, I'd say the best place to go – I've got about – nine or 10 different courses and sales courses that, that I offer. Um, the best place to go to find out about those is our new um, off of Facebook or as I call it, Flakebook recruiter community called The Syndicate. All of my programs are in there. Uh, it's realdsp.me forward slash syndicate. Uh, we, and what uh, is that, David? I've been meaning to ask you. What is it? I know off Facebook. Is it a like a buddy press site that your own personal community? What is it? Exactly right. Yes, it's, so it's kind of like a like a, a, a money networks or circle or tribe. It's those. Uh, in instance, it's a form or an online community, but it's off of Facebook. Because I get a lot of folks who don't want to be on Facebook uh, because of you know free speech issues or just for a variety of reasons. They're they're selling your data. So uh, this is an off Facebook group, and uh, we 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 launched it. We had a soft launch uh, two months ago. Uh, and we're now officially doing the public launch on it. And all of my programs were in there. Uh, and specifically, the program I will look at for the, uh, the, uh, the cold call techniques and the, the uh, instruction how to practice would be our three-day sales boot camp, which is in there. So uh, awesome. go to realtv.me forward slash syndicate, and you can learn all of it. Uh, so, so on that note, Neil, I guess that's uh, I kind of wrap wraps up here for the day what do you have love to say about uh about this about uh skill training and scrimmaging when it comes to um your script yeah next week david great show oh, thank our you, boys thank you. from well, uh, well, next week's 14th right that's the empower boys dan oh that's ryan, right ryan. we uh, yeah so dan we have dan fisk and ryan i can't pronounce the last name is it buono bono buono buono we'll have to ask him that should be an easier one than when we had uh, uh, before, but then Mena, Mena, I still forget. Mana, Mana, we decided. Mena, we decided mm -hmm. it was Mena. I forget. Anyway, yeah, we have the boys from uh, Empower. Uh, they're recruiters. They also have an amazing platform for recruiters out there, but uh, they, they know the business really well. They'll talk to us about some of the technology changes, what clients are, and people are, are doing. Uh, should be a really great show. I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, it's actually going to be a great show. And we also we also have another show on the, um, let's see, on the, I think the 21st will be our last show before Christmas. That'll be Tom Alessio is going to be on as well. He's an independent recruiter. Uh, and so, but that said though, guys, I want to say one last thing when it comes to the, the topic of the show. Um, again, keep in mind that there was a time in your life when you thought riding the bike was impossible. And there's a time in your life when you finally got it, but you're wobbly and it just seems so ridiculously hard. And now, for most of us watching this, you can pick up a bike right now, even if you haven't ridden in years, and it'll come naturally. Uh, if you get yourself in market, 
Yep. Get yourself in the market. Start talking to people and take your skill development really seriously. Uh, a first year recruiter can outshine a veteran any day with the right skill development. Okay. It's all about that. And so, so one last thing I'll say, everybody here watching this right now can be a millionaire with 10,000 cold calls. So ask yourself if you can guarantee yourself to be a millionaire, all you gotta do is figure out a way to make 10,000 cold calls. Would you do it? <coughs> yeah, I'd do it. Would you do it, Neil? I'd do it. 10,000 cold calls. Just do it over the course of a few years. And, and so, again, really, really key. Anybody here can be a millionaire with the right amount of cold calls. So just go practice. That should be your motivation. All right, folks. So with that said, Thank you all for watching. Uh, again, if you're watching this live, comment live. If you're watching this replay, comment replay. And uh, in addition, the uh, the replay will be live here in the Facebook groups. And again, don't forget, if anybody is interested in, let me get the uh, this back up here. If anybody's interested in having our company deploy a sales and marketing system for you, uh, simply go to, I've got to take off the chat here. Oh, shoot. I wasn't quite ready, guys. I oh, don't worry about it. Go to realdsp.build. And for... Uh, for it, Neil, go to backofficenow.com for your back office needs. All right, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Peace out, Cup Scout.